0: Welcome to Evangel Church. Our mission is to bring people into a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us at evangelchurch.com. God is good. I don't know about you, I could just keep worshiping. We just keep going. Pastor, go print out some more sheets and just keep us going here. Uh, oh, I was just like, just keep it going. We're only supposed to do three worship songs. Like, let's add another one. Let's just keep going. Uh, God has something special for us today. And every time we come together, my prayer is that you can feel freshness in the air about what God is doing. Because the Lord is saying, behold, I'm doing a new thing. Uh, do you perceive it? Do you understand what it is that I'm doing? And, uh, and I, I believe it with all my heart. And so I want, to, uh, I want to ask you to turn with me in the Bibles to Luke chapter 5. We're going to be in Luke chapter 5. We're concluding this series called Kingdom Living, and we're concluding it uh, the best way that I know how, with us stepping out and beginning to really take hold of what God has for us moving forward and what, what it would look like. As we've talked about this series, it's about first changing your perspective, changing the way you see, changing the way you perceive and you understand. We're meant to fix our eyes on the heavenly realities, on things above. We can get so caught up in what's happening around us but if we don't keep our perspective on Christ through it, then we're going to miss what God wants to do through us. Let me say that again to you. That if we get so caught up in what's happening around us and we don't keep our perspective on Christ we're going to miss what he wants to do through us he's going to miss what he wants to do in and through our lives and I want you to know that his desire is to do something in and through you in you first and now through you that's going to change the world what would it look like if we heard God's word we believe what it said and we lived it out I believe our world will be different a year from today And so we're going to read together. This is a passage of scripture, and this really piggybacks off of something we talked about months ago. A few months back, we had a Sunday, and we called it Epic Sunday, and it was an Epic Sunday because we told the God sized stories of what happened when ordinary people like you and I step out and are used by God, and He does extraordinary things through us. And it was about the stories of those that said yes, that put their hands on the net and went out into missions in 2016. They went to all these different countries and even into our own backyard and God met them, and we had God-sized story after story of what God did as a result of it. And during that sermon, I read to you, and, and I preached from this passage of Scripture, from Luke chapter 5. And so I'm going to read the story again to you, and then we're going to pick up there, and we're going to move it forward. So if you have your Bibles open there in Luke chapter 5, if you don't have a Bible in front of you, you can read it off the screen here. Here's what it says. Luke chapter 5, starting in verse 1. One day, as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. And he noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and they were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push out into the water. And he sat in the boat, and he taught the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out where it is deeper, and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master Simon replied, We worked hard all last night, and we didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, then I'm going to let down the nets again. And this time their nets were so full of fish that they began to tear. And a shout for help brought their partners to come in the other boat. And soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. And Simon Peter realized what had happened. He fell to his knees before Jesus and he said, Oh Lord, please leave me. I am too much of a sinner to be around you. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had just caught as were the others who were with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. And Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and they followed Jesus. What would it look like that if one day Jesus stepped into your office, if Jesus sat down next to you on the train to work, if Jesus stepped into the place that you go through the everyday mundane parts of your life, and on that day, he said, hey, I want to, to just call you to do something a little bit different. Something that's a little bit far-fetched. Something that's a little bit backwards. You know, for these men, he steps into the boats of some fishermen who weren't very good at fishing, at that day in particular, I don't know what, they, what, what their score was and what their track record was leading up to this, but if this is your way of making money, then coming back after a whole night's work with a crew of men and not having a fish to show for it uh, isn't my version of success. And yet Jesus steps into the boat during the daytime and he says, Push out into the deep. And let's catch some fish. That's the, op- that's the opposite of what they should have done. They fish at night. That's when you catch fish. Not in the daytime. Like everything about it was different and backwards. And yet they recognized because of what Jesus said and, and who he appeared to be that they would just obey him in that moment. On that appointment that he had with them. And they pushed out in the boat. And that day they caught more fish than they'd ever seen before. Because if their boats had continually been sinking every time they caught fish they would have got some new boats. And they would have been very wealthy men, but that isn't what happened there. Their boats were so over full of fish that day. The catch was so big. They were so amazed that Peter literally told Jesus to leave him because he was, he was afraid because of whose presence he was now. And he recognized he wasn't in the presence of just any man. And Jesus said to them, don't be afraid. But from now on, your job description just changed. And you're not going to be catching fish anymore. You're going to be fishing for men. You're not going to be fishermen, you're going to be fishers of men. You're going to go out and you're going to do this. And it says, when they got to shore, this is one of the most beautiful verses I've ever seen. Because when they had landed, it does not say, they went into town and cashed in on the fish and sold their fishing gear and, 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 and you know, divided up and did it the, and then put it in their 401k and then they went and they followed Jesus. What does the Bible say? They left everything. And I believe they left the fish. They left the greatest catch of their lives because they had just been caught by one who is greater. They had just been swept up into something they knew was so much bigger than themselves. And Jesus said, I have something extraordinary waiting for you if you'll be willing to follow me. And they left everything and followed him. What would it look like for you to just let go of many of the nets that you've been carrying and things you've been holding on to and take hold of what Jesus is calling you to do? What would he do through your life? What would it look like if you truly began to live in such a way where Jesus was at the forefront of your thoughts and his plans became your plans? You see, so many of us were caught up in our plan. We're caught up in our own desires and what we're doing and what our life looks like and where we're going. And Jesus said, you have this plan, but I have another plan and even a greater plan. Let go of that and just take hold of my plan and see what happens. And they took hold of those nets, not the old nets, the new nets. And Jesus took them on a journey that would change their lives forever. If you have your Bibles, would you open with me and turn there again? uh, We're going to flip over to the book of Acts chapter 3. I told you Luke 5 is where we're going to begin. But Acts 3 is where things get really fun. Because as we step out and as we take hold of what God has for us, you know, whenever we... Don't get so caught up in what's happening around us, but we put our eyes on Jesus and we follow Jesus and we've tried to figure out, Lord, what is it that you might want to do in me and through me? That the miraculous begins to follow that. The things that are bigger than us begin to happen through us. You see, Jesus wasn't looking for men of great ability. That's what I think we always think is, you know, am I really able to go and do the great things that I hear about others doing? Am I really, I don't have stories like that. I don't have these stories of these amazing things that happen and I hear about these people that go out into the mission field and and all these amazing things happen uh, through them. I don't have those abilities. I can't get up on the platform and sing. I can't do this. I can't speak in front of people that way. I can't, I can't, I can't. And what we do is we measure everything by our own ability. But what Jesus is looking for is our availability. He's not looking just at our ability. If he was looking for some good fishermen, he picked the wrong guys to follow him as fishers of men. I mean, that was all he saw. That was their resume that day. No fish. And Jesus said, I'm not looking for your ability, but I'm looking for the one that's going to invite me into the boat. I'm I'm looking for the one who's going to push out when I say push out. I'm I'm looking for the one saying, let down the nets. They're going to let down the nets. I'm looking for someone who's going to be available to me. And watch what I do. Watch my abilities work through your availability and see what happens. It changes everything. The miraculous takes place. And so these followers of Jesus, they learned what it meant to live on mission with Jesus. They learned what it meant to live on mission. And kingdom living is all about living on mission with Jesus. If I can add another word there, it would be every day, daily. What does it mean to live on mission with Jesus daily? That's what we're called to. And when that happens, God has divine appointments that he's setting up left and right. Now let's look here in Acts chapter 3, starting in verse 1. It says, now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the ninth hour, the hour of prayer. Let's stop there. Peter and John, you know what's amazing about this passage of scripture? Is that two men that were in the boats were picking up on their story. These are two men that were in the boats because Simon became Peter And we know Peter is one of Jesus' disciples. Then we have James and John, the sons of Zebedee. This is John. So these two men who had really grown up together had been very close throughout their entire lives. They both had encountered Jesus on that day when he said, you're going to be fishers of men. You follow me. And they left everything and followed him. And then they were filled with the Holy Spirit, as we talked about last week in Acts chapter 2. And this is the result of what happens when you make yourself available to God to watch what he does through you. And so Peter and John, they're heading up to the temple, a place they always went to prayer, um, at the hour of prayer. And there was a certain man, verse 2 says, who had been lame from his mother's womb his entire life. He was being carried along. And when they used to sit down every day by the gate of the temple, which was called Beautiful, in order to beg for alms of those who were entering the temple. We don't know a lot about this man. But here's what we do know. We know every single day he's been set there. Every day he has been placed there, right there, right by the gate. And he would beg from people as they walked by. He would just ask them for something. He'd ask them for a handout. That's all that we really know about this man's life. But you can imagine with me what it would be like for anyone who that's their job, that's their whole life. They can't walk, they can't move. They're just there looking for someone to help them, someone to care. Here's what we also know, if it's his entire life, this is only a few years after that moment in the boat where Peter and John... And James began to follow Jesus. This is only a, year, a few years after Jesus had ascended into heaven. This is just a short period of time. The book of Acts is all taking place in a very concentrated point of time. So you're talking just a matter of years between the time that Jesus even began his ministry up until this moment in time. And so Jesus himself would have walked by this man if he was there daily. Jesus had spent time in the temple. The disciples had spent time in the temple. Many of Jesus' followers, they walked by him all along. But there's something special about this day. Look what it says in verse 3. It says, when he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, he began asking to receive alms from them. Now this wouldn't be anything different than what normally happened. But I believe that Peter and John, they were available. They let their eyes go to the place that Jesus had called them to. They had their eyes on him, and so they were also able to see someone that Jesus wanted them to touch. Peter and John fixed their gaze on him, and they said, look at us. Verse 5 says he began to give them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Oh, what they had for him that day, he could have never imagined. What he had for them that day wasn't just an appointment of man, it was a divine appointment for them. Verse 6 says this, Peter said, I don't possess silver and gold. He said, I left it all behind. I don't have that anymore. But what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, walk. And he seized him by the right hand and he raised him up. And immediately, the Bible says, immediately, his feet and his ankles were strengthened. And he leaped and he stood upright and he began to walk and he entered the temple with them. Got to go to the place of prayer. He could never go past the gate. But on this day, he could go all the way in, walking and leaping and praising God. Are you so thankful that we have a God who shows up and he shows off? He shows up in our darkest hour. It doesn't matter where you're at. You may feel like you've been sitting by the gate for a while. You may be thinking that you uh, don't know where to go or where to turn. But here's what God wants to tell you today is that he sees you. And he has a divine appointment with you. I want you to know that God sees the people that we can miss so often. This man, this is what amazes me. Jesus walked by him. The disciples walked by him. So many, and I believe that he's like so many. We could see in this world the downtrodden, and I would say the forgotten. There are those that would sit in a place like him, and they'd be in such need, and they'd be there every single day. But you know what I think would happen is that they'd start to blend in. They'd start to blend into the surroundings just around them. And I know that if you walk, you know, in any area, you walk by the same scene multiple times and you see the same things there, before long you don't recognize anything. You don't notice it anymore. It doesn't stand out. You'd see the bench and you'd see the plant and the pot and the stair and the man. You see it again, you see it again. And before long, he might as well just be another piece of furniture sitting there. Not a life. So many people had passed him by to the point where he wasn't even making eye contact with people anymore. But in this day, God hadn't forgotten him. And in this moment, because there were two men that were living on mission every day, that were kingdom living, that they lived their lives in such a way, and this is how they lived, the way that we're called to live, they lived their lives in such a way that the kingdom of God was advancing everywhere they went. This wasn't just a moment where something amazing happened. This was a place where the kingdom touched down on earth and where someone was healed in God's presence, in the presence of many men. His life was changed for eternity in this moment, he was introduced to Jesus because of the way they lived their, their lives available to God. They saw maybe who no one else was willing to see. They allowed their eyes to be opened and their hearts to be moved in the way that Jesus' heart was moved when he saw the multitudes of people. And this man's day was changed forever, and his life was changed as a result of it. See, God wants to do more through us than we could ever imagine. And what he does and what he orders, he will do. But there are divine appointments that he has. Divine appointments for many people. There are people that are in other countries, that are in other places. God has a divine appointment for them. But here's the thing that's amazing about God's divine appointments. Is when God makes a divine appointment today, he puts it on their schedule, even though they may not know it. But he also puts it on one of his followers' schedules as well. So many of the divine appointments that God wants to work out, he wants to use his people to carry out. So many of the divine appointments that God wants to work out, he's going to use his people to carry out. Uh, God has an appointment for someone, but he may also tap you on the shoulder because it's going to be your availability that's going to make that divine appointment happen. It's going to be your availability, I said. Your availability to God to say, Lord, my date book, my calendar is open. My day is open. Lord, my life is open to you. What is it you want to do? And there's someone that you may work next to. And God's been setting up an appointment with them for a long time. And he's going to use you to carry it out. This is what happened with Peter and John. God had an appointment. Jesus, the, the creator of the universe, had an, a divine appointment for this man that was born crippled. And on that day, he used Peter and John to carry out that divine appointment. They didn't say in our name. They didn't say in my name, in the name of Peter. They didn't say in the name of our church. They did not think their church had a name at that point in time. They didn't say in the name of anyone but Jesus. Get up and walk. That means that they were there as an agent of his. They were on mission with Jesus. They said, get up and walk. Move. God wants to carry out his appointments by using his people. And that's his desire and that's his heart. There's someone that God is desiring to reach and the way he's going to reach them is through your life. It's through your testimony. It's through you kingdom living and being on mission with Jesus every single day. And when we do that, we see God do amazing things. I think back to this last summer, we had incredible trips. We had trips that went out uh, to Uganda, to Guatemala, to Mexico, a youth team that went to Guatemala, and most recently to Haiti. And I think about some of those, those teams. There they are. Let's give it up for some of our teams that went out this summer. And uh, Team Haiti that just went back, came back. But I want you just to think about this with me. When, it, when you think about divine appointments that there's a a lady on this side that God is going to use a situation in her life where she's immobilized and sitting in a bed and then needing to be on crutches and then doesn't need to be on crutches anymore, but God gives her some crutches because she feels she needs to bring them to Guatemala because he had an appointment for a young girl, right? Who needed crutches. And he uses, he had an appointment with her, but he worked it through one of his people. He carried it out. And then look at the young lady that's sitting next to her. Uh, She happened to, in this life and in this world and in her everyday, she's an occupational therapist. She works with children that have developmental uh, issues and things that they're needed. God has an appointment for someone there. Many someone's there. And he uses it to carry it out through his people. I think about a woman that's on the road as they're journeying up towards a village that's literally called the Forgotten Village. And this woman, as they're traveling up and as they're heading up towards that, that village... She's walking, and she's so thirsty. She doesn't know what to do and where she's going to find anything to drink. And as they talk to this woman, and their hearts are broken, she needed to know that God was setting up a divine appointment for her. Because as the team went into that village, and as they, their hearts were touched by all that God was doing there, um, We've realized and made a commitment, church, and I want you to know we've sent out the check. $15,000 from this house has now gone, and we're funding a well in that village. They're not forgotten anymore. They're going to receive clean water and then the living water of Jesus. I think about a divine appointment with a woman who just wanted to show off her house, but she wanted to touch the heart of someone in our house. And so it's there as they're ministering and as they're telling that God has a divine appointment. Like, I'm telling you these stories again because you, don't need, you need to be reminded that God just has divine appointment after divine appointment when you're willing to be on mission with him. I think about villages that are in Uganda now that are going to receive clean drinking water because God used his people to bring about hope and change and to bring the living water of Christ to a village that was in so much need. But God had divine appointments for every single one of them. you got to think about it. Each child that's there, they know I'm not forgotten. As the medical clinic comes, I'm not forgotten. I'm going to live and not die. It's because God was working out divine appointments, and when he does it, he uses his people to carry it out. And so what makes the biggest difference isn't about whether or not all this stuff can happen or not. It's about who's going to make themselves available so that it can happen because he's waiting. He's waiting for the workers. He said, the harvest is ready. He said, I'm waiting for the workers to be ready and available to me. Now, the trip from Team Haiti, and Team Haiti just got back. One of the amazing stories that I heard from them was about Pastor Samuel, who is this pastor there in Haiti, and they got a chance to spend time with him and, and got to see his faith and the way that he trusts the Lord. See, for them, in that village that he's in, in this community, there are many children that have many needs. And one of the greatest needs they have is for food. Pastor Samuel said, Lord, I'm available to you. I don't have food. I don't have silver and gold. I don't have these things. But Lord, my desire is that no child around me will ever go hungry. And any child that comes to me won't go without a meal. And so God then sent him a few children. And God provided food for them. It wasn't Pastor Samuel. It was the Lord working through him. And then a few more children come around him, and God provides some more food. And then some more children come, and God provides. And it's continuing, and here's how he's positioned himself. He said, I don't even know about me and my family if we're going to have food, but we don't need food. I just pray, Lord, as long as these children don't go without, I'm willing to go without. As long as these children don't go without, I'm willing. But he said, but you know what God has done? He's always answered that prayer and left enough left over so that me and my family don't go without. But his desire is that no child would go without. Do you know now he has 900 children a day? that he's feeding. 900. And you ready? Let's take it up to one. And God has elevated into a place where he's now responsible for thousands of children in the villages around them that the food gets to them. And still the same prayer. Lord, I just don't want there not to be enough for all of them. It's okay if I don't have enough. But he said, God's always given me more than enough. He always gives enough. One of the things we talk about, and as we're talking with our pastors and our leaders here at Evangel, I said, I want want us to have a faith that could take us to the moon. I want us to have a faith that can break the atmosphere and move us to places we've not ever been before. Do you hear me? That's my prayer for this house. She, and, and Maria came back, the leader said, I know, Pastor Chris, you've been talking about you know, faith and in, to take us to the moon, into these places we've never been before. She said, but Pastor Samuel, he has faith to get to galaxies we don't even know have been discovered yet by NASA. That's the faith this man carries. That's a faith that sees beyond, beyond what you and I have, beyond what we can imagine. We can imagine so much and do so much. They're doing more. They're doing so much. They're building programs, they're casting out, they're going into areas where they're they're setting the nets out in, in areas where there is great need. And you know what happens every time they make themselves available? God shows up and God meets the need. But do we make ourselves available and do we trust him? Because if you trust him, you'll make yourself available to him in every single way. And watch what he does as a result of it. And something changes inside of you when that happens. You you can walk in a confidence, not a confidence in yourself, but a confidence in God that he's with you and he's leading you every step of the way. Acts chapter 4 verse 13, when you get to that point, the story continues. Because eventually, Peter and John, they get arrested. They get pulled before the leaders uh, of the time because something crazy just happened. It caused an an uproar when this man got healed. And they were trying to figure out who healed him, how did they heal him, and what name was he healed, and they began to speak. And when they spoke, the religious leaders of the day could not understand what was happening. Here's what it says. Verse 13, when they observed the confidence of Peter and John. What was it? Their confidence. They had such a confidence, and they understood that they were uneducated and untrained men. They're just fishermen that left their nets and followed Jesus. The only thing that's different about them and all the other fishermen on the Sea of Galilee is they made themselves available to Jesus when he asked. Come on, right? That's it. And now God's working through them. So it's not like they have this extra education and this extra degree, this extra preparation. They've just been with Jesus. And it says they were amazed and they recognized them as having been with Jesus. When they saw their confidence, their trust in God, when they saw the way they conducted themselves, when they saw that it wasn't because of all of their abilities that they were there, they recognized it was because of Jesus. They were with Jesus. That's what makes a difference in their life. And seeing the man who had been healed standing next to them, verse 14 says, it says, they had nothing left to say in reply. They were left speechless. They always had something to say, but they were left speechless on that day because These men had been with Jesus, and there was nothing else that they could say about it. What would it look like in our lives if what was said about us at the end of our life was he or she, they just walked with Jesus? It was like every day Jesus had a mission for them, and they were available. Every day. Could you imagine what it would be like if you weren't known for what you did for your career You were less known for the accolades and the achievements that you've made by the the great things and even the the greatest achievements you could ever imagine in this life, and instead, people got up one after another, and they just talked about how Jesus used you in their lives, about how you made a difference, and it was because of God. And what would it be like? You know what it would be like? They would stand there, and and I would be amazed to be able to stand and be a part of something like that where I'd have to get up and say, if I was the pastor some other pastor was leading that day in that service, to say, I'm sorry, we have to stop. It's already been hours and we can go on all day because there's story after story about how every life in this room has been impacted because of this person making themselves available to Jesus. Do you realize that when we live on mission with him, there's no limit to what he can do in and through us? But are we willing to be available? Are we willing to see with his eyes? Are we willing to live out the kingdom principles that he's called us to live out? I'm gonna invite Pastor Rick to come forward at this time. And I'm going to read to you from Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 through 38. Here's what it says. As Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of the area, he taught in the synagogues and he announced the good news of what? The kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. But when he saw the crowds, he saw with his eyes. He had compassion on them. That word means deep in his gut. Moved. He was moved. Moved. Because these people, they were confused and they were helpless. They were like sheep without a shepherd. See, everyone else may have saw problems and issues, and, but Jesus saw them like sheep without a shepherd. He was moved by compassion. And he said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So would you pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers into his fields? I want to tell you that the harvest is even greater. There's even more people today than there have ever been on the planet earth. And the workers are still too few. And God still desires to reach out and to touch the hearts, to get into the boats of his people and say, push out a little deeper because there's a great catch waiting. There's a great harvest that stands on the other end of your availability and your obedience to God. And Jesus wants to use you in those places. He has divine appointments. He has divine appointments for people that are in your life, in your sphere of influence right now. And he's going to tap you on the shoulder if you make yourself available to him and say, today's the day. Today's the day, Lord. I'm available to you. What would it look like a year from today if you made yourself available to Jesus to live on mission with him? And so what that's going to look like to wrap up today's service and to wrap up this series is different than many weeks. Because today you're not just going to come to an altar here And you're not going to leave. Instead, we've ended service early. uh, About 15 to 20 minutes early, in fact. Because we're going to go from here. And the way that you're going to live out this message is you're going to head right across the hall. And you're going to head into our overflow space or our gym area. And in there, we have all different stations set up all around the room. And it's all about missions. And it's all about opportunities for you to make yourself available to be on mission with Jesus. Amen? We have more trips next year plan than we've ever done before. We have trips and opportunities locally and globally for you to be used by God in that way. We also have opportunities for you to be used every day to be on mission with Jesus and to follow him and to allow him to use you. Because I want to tell you that he's still working. He's going to send another team of people. And there are some of you that you think you're just a nurse or a doctor or, uh, you know, a medical practitioner and say, this is just my life. And Jesus is going to get into your boat and he's going to say, listen, will you push out a little deeper and a little further? Will you head to Guatemala? Because I have a divine appointment for someone scheduled and I'm going to use you for it. There's some of you that are teachers in the house, and you say, I've just been a teacher, and what else am I going to do? You say, yeah, but down in the Dominican, there, there are some other teachers, and I have a divine appointment for you, and I'm sending you there. And some of you say, what can I do? I'm just a mom. And say, you know what, but but there, there's, there's this big issue. It's called human trafficking, and i got some children who are, who are vulnerable and who are hurting, and I'm going to tap you on the shoulder, and you're going to carry that heart of love, and there's going to be an appointment with someone there. Some of you say, where am I going to go? There's, there's going to be areas all around, and some of you, it's going to be right here in your own backyard, and God's going To put someone in your heart and say, No, this is your divine appointment. I've been waiting for you to talk to her for a long time. Don't let 2016 end without her coming to faith in me. Are you available to him and will you make yourself available? There are three things I'm going to ask you to do today, and I want you to do all three of them. I want 100% of us to do all three of these things. It's going to be about praying, it's going to be about giving, and it's going to be about going. This is just making ourselves available to be used by God in everything He'd have for us. As you walk around the room today and as you leave, there are going to be these three cards. One says, I will pray. The other says, I will give. And the other says, I will go. They look the same, but it says it differently. They're all around the room in different places. When you walk in and as you head in, you can go in no particular order. You can just head right into the room. You'll see a giant net on the wall with these I will pray cards. We have seven prayer teams that we're building. And we want to have everyone involved in them. These seven teams are each going to pray for one of the regions of the world, whether it's Africa or Eurasia or Northern Asia, Asia Pacific, uh, Latin America, Caribbean, whatever it might be. We want you to pray, every one of you, I want you to pray. Commit to pray, as Jesus said, for the workers that are in the harvest, for him to send more and for him to keep with and, and continue to uphold those that are there. And so you're going to go and you're going to fill this card out and say, I will pray and make a commitment over the, the next 12 months that you're going to begin to pray for that, uh, that region of the world in missions. And as you do that monthly, you're going to receive in your email a prayer newsletter that's going to be from the missionaries we support. And we'll put it in one prayer newsletter and we're going to send it to you and you can intercede for them. Amen? So I want everyone praying. I will give. We all can't give everything, but we can all give something. And this goes beyond us. We, we give in our tithes and obedience to the Lord. But I'm going to ask everyone to make a commitment to give above and beyond that, to give towards missions and trust God in this way. And through that generosity, watch what God's going to do to expand the kingdom. There's some of us, man, God's calling you to one less Starbucks a week because he wants to fund a missionary and a journey that God's sending someone. He, he wants to call us and we say, oh, no, I'm strapped. Oh, we, we're comfortable, aren't we? Some of us, we're comfortable. And, and, and God wants to take that and say, Be a little more uncomfortable for me for the sake of this. Be willing. Be willing to stretch yourself and trust me and see the vision. Feel compassion in your heart and give. And church, you've just, this church has been a a generous house and God has done so much through that generosity. He wants to do so much more. He's entrusted us with a great responsibility and the vision he's given us is to reach communities, is to bring clean water, is to build up a whole community and give them medical clinics and areas for children that are in need for us to be able to have these trips and send them out you know, we came to you in the middle of the summer. We still needed over $70,000 to fund our trips that we're going to be going out. So thankful to tell you that as you've heard the call and as God has met us, we have more than paid off all the trips in 2016. We've raised off all the money, and more than that, we have money for next year's trips already ready as seed money for the trips and teams. That's how God works. Amen. He's working in miraculous ways, but it requires us putting our hands to the net through giving. So make a commitment. Maybe you can put that in, God will put it in your heart today and you could fill this out and drop it off before you leave in one of the receptacles or you could take it and pray on it. But before the end of the year, make a commitment for 2017 on what you'll give to missions. And I will go. This is a card with all the trips and it's at every single table. As you walk around, the overflow, you're going to see there are many different sheets. Each of them are an info sheet on an upcoming trip in 2017. Take one or as many of them as you'd like and then fill out a card and check off which trip or trips you're interested in. This doesn't sign you up and put you on that team. It just says this, God, I'm available. I'm making myself available to you in these areas. And like I said, every single one of us have a mission field. So there's a few smaller tables in the middle of the space that say this, I'm going to, I want to ask every person here, to pray for the mission field that God sent you into every single day. Because that field you're walking into is a field that's ripe for harvest. There might be some harvest there that you don't even know about. And so you're going to pray, Lord. Ask Him to put three people on your heart that you're going to begin to pray for. And that you're going to make a commitment that you're going to help lead them towards Christ. You're going to be using, used by the Lord in their lives. And make yourself available for them. And so you'll fill this out, and this commitment says that you're going to pray for them daily, you're going to share your story with them, and you'll even invite them to an event or a service, an opportunity for them to receive Christ. So I want you to fill that out, and then you just hold on to this card, put it in your wallet, pray for them daily. Amen? Amen. Would you stand with me today? This is our this is our challenge. We're going to head right out of here, and I want you to know, parents, if you have kids, there's about 15 minutes left of class, so don't pull them out early. You can head right down here first, and then afterwards, we'll let you know when you can head up there. Uh, We also have some empanadas in the back of the overflow that are for sale, so uh, let that entice you into there, but let's all head in. Let's all make ourselves available. Amen. I'm going to pray for you, and then release you, and then you're free to go, and that's the way we're going today. Before we come out in the foyer and leave officially, we're all going to head over into the overflow. Jesus, lead us as we make ourselves available. Available to you. Lord God, we say that we desire to be on mission with you every day, and so move in every heart and in every life, we pray, as we desire to follow you. In Jesus' name, we give you all that we are. Amen.